Hey, I'm glad that y'all are here. I want to welcome all uh, six of our campuses. And if you're joining online, again, one church, multiple locations, multiple languages. And my name is Matt. Delighted to uh, welcome you. And uh, thank you so much uh, for being here. Here we go. So we're going to start a new series today. And it's really going to flow into or flow out of what we were in a, like last week, which was our Frontline series. And, and I'll tie that all together. So I, I, again, we're glad that you're here. And I want to ask you a question. And, and I think it's a question that is is all too normal for us. And it's, this is the question. What do you have to do, or what do you do when you have too much to do? Right? And, and it, whatever your answer is going to be, doesn't it feel like, and I don't know, this is certainly for me, uh, it, doesn't it feel like this question is a normal question we're asking ourselves more and more? And, and I, I'm like, if you read, uh, every now and then I've done a personality profile. If you read my personality profile, one thing it'll say about me is Matt wishes he had 25 hours in the day. I, I don't, though, right? But I wish. And that, so this question is real applicable to me. So some of us, when, when, when this is what we face, we think we got to get organized. Some of us, we just go, 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 and then crash and burn. Uh, some of us, you, you know, we panic, we get fearful, we feel like we're out of control, and we just feel like it's, but we say, hey, it's normal, I got to do uh, what I got to do. Some of us go into triage mode, and, and just we just give whatever the squeaky wheel is. That's what gets our, our, our time, and that's what gets our attention attention. So, so whatever you do, though, this question feels all too normal for us. And so we're going to spend the, the next several weeks just wrestling with this, wrestling with our time, with our schedule, and, and what God has to say about that. But let me tell you something, though, that will be a theme that you're going to hear, hear us repeat. I, whatever you do, I'm going to tell you what we all do. Okay, whatever you do when you have too much to do, and that's most of us, and we're all like, yeah, 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 I get it. Whatever you do, all of us do this. When it comes to our time and schedules, we all cheat. We all cheat. Now, now, some of you are, no, no, don't, you're calling me a cheater. That's a sin. I, I'm going to unpack that in a minute. But when it comes to your time and schedule, you all cheat. Now, let me define cheat for you, okay? Cheat is not obeying a set of rules which one should be obeying. Okay, and, and when it comes to your time, and when it comes to your calendar, when it comes to your schedule, right, uh, <clears throat> we, we cheat because one set of rules says you got to spend enough time, you got to spend time doing this, but that collides with something else. So for example, if, if your work week goes from like 45 hours to 60 hours, you're asked to work overtime or a crisis happens, and you got to work 60 hours, well, you can't make time, you can only take time. Right? Everybody gets all, that's why everybody has to cheat because you only get 24 7, 365. So you can't make any more of it. So you have to take it. So if you take more time at work, you're going to take away time from family, the gym, hobby, spiritual life, sleep, something. Right? So you cheat that. You break a rule to obey another set of rules because the, the work rule for that week collides with the family rule or the hobby rule or the diet rule or the workout rule. Right? So we all cheat in that regard. So we give up something for something else. That's really what it's about. If, you know, when we talk about dieting, you talk about a cheat meal, right? But dieting is all what? I'm going to cheat my taste buds, and I'm going to cheat my appetite for the sake of my waistline, baby, right? I mean, that's the diet. Somebody who cheats in a class, you're cheating your integrity to maybe get a better grade. If you cheat in a sport, you're cheating ethics and the integrity of the game to give you a competitive advantage. But when it comes to your schedule, everybody 
everybody cheats because you can't make time. You can only <clears throat> take time. And so here's the question then. It's not a matter of will you cheat. It's where will you cheat when it comes to your time. It's not a question of if you're going to cheat. I promise everybody's cheating right now. I mean, you could be somewhere else. So you're cheating something else for the sake of being here in a worship service. So it's not a question of if you're going to cheat. It's a question of where you're going to cheat. So I'm going to ask it this way. Since everyone cheats when it comes to their time, what if we started cheating God's way? Now, I'm not calling God a sinner. That would be heresy. But when it comes to I take time, make time, and we can't make it, we only take it, right? What if we started cheating God's way? And so this is an invitation for God to look at our calendar, for God to look at our schedule. You know, if we say Jesus is Lord of all, all means all, right? And, and so maybe there's some wisdom. Because here's the beautiful thing about the God of the Bible. He walked like us. He, he lived in the confines of 24-7, 365. So we're going to look at a snapshot of, of a day or so, day and a half or so in Jesus' life uh, this, this weekend. We're going to be in Mark's Gospel, chapter 1. You're welcome to look there in your Bibles, turn your Bible on, open your Bible up, or you can certainly follow along with me. But we're going to see how Jesus cheated. And I'll call Jesus, because Jesus is God, we're going to talk about cheating God's way. So here we go in the Word of God, Gospel of Mark, first gospel written, the first biography of Jesus that was written. It's an awesome book. So when evening came, so long day, right? Everybody's up, everybody's working, everybody's doing their thing. After the sun had set, and, and generally after the sun sets in, in this type of culture, this is a pre-light bulb, people go to bed, right? Or, or start shutting her down. They brought to him all those who were sick and demon-possessed. I mean, if anybody had too much to do, it was Jesus. Hey, he, I'm going to save the world, all right? You know, I mean, if anybody had too much to do, it was Jesus. So after the, 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 a full day, he's got all these people coming and putting demands upon him and demands upon his time. And, and it gets even more descriptive in the next verse. It says, the whole town comes to his house. The whole town assembles at the door where he was at, and he healed many who were sick with various diseases and drove out many demons. So Jesus knows what it's like to have a lot of stuff to do. Jesus is living in our confines of 24-7, 365, and we've already said you can't make time. You can only take time. And so the question is, how does Jesus cheat? And what does that say for us about how we might should cheat? And, and, and since Jesus, let's take it a step further. Since Jesus was never anxious, never fearful, never stressed, maybe he knew something about cheating that we don't know. Since Jesus never burned a bridge relationally, maybe Jesus knows something about cheating that we, in our fast-paced, busy, hurried lives of the 21st century, maybe we can lean in and look at the master. Jesus, how'd you do 24-7? How'd you do 365? How'd you take time since you couldn't make time because you were, you were living in the confines of a human body and human flesh? Here's what he does. Verse, verse, verse 35. Very early in the morning, and I'm going to emphasize very, okay? Very early in the morning while it was still dark, he got up and went out and made his way to a deserted place, and there he was praying. He, he, what did he cheat? He, che he cheated sleep. Jesus cheated sleep so he could do what? 
spend time with his father, to spend time with God the Father in prayer. Now, now that, that seems to some of us, that's like, well, I, I'm not, I, I can't cheat that. I can barely, I, yeah, no, and we're not going to cheat sleep. But, but he cheated sleep because he can't make time. He can only take time. He can't make time. He can only take time. So he gets up very early. Now, why does he do very early? And I'm not going to emphasize that very early part because some of us are night people, some of us are lunch people, some of us are 10 to 2 people, right? Uh, we're not all, you know, very early people. But here, here, here's why he did this, okay? He picked a time when he was most available, when he was least distracted, and he was least likely to be interrupted. He picked a time with God, the Father, where he was most available, least distracted, and least likely to be interrupted. And to get that time, because of all the demands, he had to cheat sleep. He had to cheat his biology. And and it's amazing, if something is valuable enough to us, that's what makes us cheat. If a good grade is, is so valuable to you, you'll cheat your integrity if winning the game is so ch- valuable to you, you, you might, you'll cheat the rules or, or you'll take a performance-enhancing drug. But we'll all cheat. I, I, was, I was listening and watching you know, the whole Super Bowl festivities, and, and I, I kind of like Coach Andy Reid and glad he got his, finally got his Super Bowl. But I was listening, and, and one guy said that he wakes up, Coach Reed, who won the Super Bowl, he wakes up most mornings during the season at 3 a.m. to start his job. Now, what's he doing? He's cheating. Right, wrong, or indifferent. He's cheating. He's che- maybe he's cheating his health. Maybe he's cheating his biology. Maybe he's cheating his family. Maybe he's cheating his wife. I, I don't know the full 24-7, but he can't make time, so he takes time. How does he take time? Well, the alarm's going to go off today at 3 a.m. And that's, that's what Jesus is doing. And so when we start realizing and wrestling with this, I can't make time, I can take time. When we start wrestling with this, we have to say, well, what's really valuable to me? Because everybody cheats. And cheating really shows what you value. And so if Jesus was willing very early to get up and meet with the Father, and we looked at our calendars, do our calendars show that we cheat to be with God? And that's where the questions arise. And that's where we start talking about this. And now, I wish wish we could say it was even better, but it's not. The demands on Jesus keep coming. And so he's going to get interrupted. He gets up very early, so he's least likely to be interrupted, least likely to be distracted, and he could be most available to God. But look what happens. His disciples find him. Simon and his companions search for him. And when they found him, they said, everyone is looking for you. Now, now think about it from these disciples' perspective. They do not know yet that Jesus is going to be a crucified Messiah. They think he's going to be a conquering Messiah, meaning he's going to be a military and political leader. Well, if you're going to be a military and political leader, what do you need? You need everyone because you need to be popular, and you need to eventually build an army. And to build an army, you've got to have a lot of everyone's, right? And so they're thinking, hey, Jesus, our poll numbers are going up, baby, when you do the old healing thing, so we need you to get back at it. And so they put a demand on Jesus. They, they, they say, hey, look, I, I don't know what you're doing. You're, 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 you're taking time for this, but we need you to come over here and take time to satisfy the demands of these people. Now, now let's stop for just a second, okay? What do you do? What's normal if, if this is you? Your, 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 your poles are going up. I mean, everything's going good. And, and people are looking for you. Now, now, listen, we live in this culture, right? Because you have a smartphone. 
And you now have a text capacity or a Facebook page. And literally everyone can be looking for you 24-7. And what smartphones and technology has done, it's made us available virtually all the time. And so you know what you do sometimes? Because I've seen some of you driving. You'll drive and you'll cheat safety because you heard your text sound go off. And you think you can do both at the same time, right? So you cheat driving safely to look at your text because people are looking for you. What if I miss something? So Jesus knows that temptation or that pressure or having those demands. And the normal thing is this. Hey, I want to please the everyone's in my life. I want to please those people in my life. And so I can't make time, so I'll take time for those people. That, that's what's normal. That's what's expected. That's what we all live in. But I just want you to understand what's about to happen. Jesus is not trying to be normal, or he's not trying to do expected. Uh, in your mind right now, think about whatever season of life you're in, uh, whatever you, you know, your deal is, your, your, your sphere, your people, what's normal when it comes to time? If you're a parent like me with teenagers and kids, it's like you run the kid schedule, you run the rat race. That's normal, right? I mean, you, you're, in, you're at the prime of your career or you're just starting out. What's normal? And, and whatever normal is, there's, there's something you're cheating in that. Think about how much time and energy, but think about how much time you expend trying to meet expectations. Think about that for just a minute. What's expected of you? That's why some of us can't put our phones down when we get that beep, because, oh, it's expected that I reply immediately, and they'll they'll, they'll wonder if I don't. That that wasn't an expectation 20 years ago. 10, 15 years ago wasn't an expectation, but it is now. I get it. But just think about how much time we expend just trying to be normal and who makes the rules for normal. And just think how much time we expend doing what's expected. I mean, when, when I was growing up, people, people, kids in high school, they would spend time trying to get alcohol illegally. Why? Because that's what normal kids do. Boys will be boys, girls will be go- girls, teenagers will be teenagers. And that's what was expected of them. So just think, just, that's a silly example, but just think about how much time we do doing those two things, normal and expected. And most of us, you know, when we think about the vision of our lives, we think, well, I just want to be a normal dad. I want to be a normal Christian. I want to be a normal carpet salesman. I want to be a normal this or a normal that. And, and I, want, I want us to see as this, as this text begins to open up and, and shine light into our souls, into our hearts, and onto our schedules, is this, Jesus is not trying to be normal or do expected Jesus is pursuing and prioritizing anointing. I'm going to explain that word. It's a churchy biblical word. I will explain it. But I want you to hear a vision for your life. God does not want you to be a normal dad. God does not want you to be a normal wife. God does not want you to have a normal career, whatever your career is. God does not want you to be a normal athlete, a normal student. God, if you are a Christ follower, God wants you to be anointed dad. An anointed person, an anointed husband. I'm going to tell you something. My kids don't need normal Matt. My wife doesn't need normal Matt. She needs anointed Matt. 
And God doesn't call anybody to live a normal life defined by your culture or the expectations of people around you. God calls you to live an anointed life. And this is how Jesus lived. In fact, in the book of Acts, Dr. Luke gives us a description of Jesus' time or Jesus' life. It says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. And, and Luke emphasizes his humanity here over his deity. But he anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And so Jesus connects the anointing with the power, with the, what, the activity that comes out of Jesus' life. And so I, I want to define anointing for you. Anointing is being marked by the power of God because you've been in the presence of God. Anointing is I am marked with the power of God because I've been in the presence of God. So God's called Beth and I to be moms and dads. I want to be a mom or a dad that is marked by the power of God because, for my boys because I've been in the presence of God. God's placed me in the role of being a pastor of a church. I don't want to be a normal pastor. I, I, you want me, I, I, the, I need to be an anointed pastor. God's placed you on a platform too, and your, your calling on that platform uh, is, is to do something for the glory of God. Whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. That's 1 Corinthians 10, 31. That's your call. That's your purpose, and your platform is different than my platform, but God wants you to stand on that platform with anointing, with anointing. Now, what that means for Jesus, and it's the same for us because he's fully human and he's fully, he's fully God, yet he's fully human. So he's fully human. He, all, he, he can't make time. He takes time. He's got 24-7, 365, just like you and me. So what that means for Jesus is if he's going to pursue anointing, if you're going to pursue anointing, we have to put ourselves in the path. Now, here's what I mean by the path. You have to put yourself in the path to meet with God. You have to put yourself in the path where God's grace is most likely to flow. Okay, so if I told you to get wet, right, what do you got to do? You got to go get in a path of water somewhere, whether it's the, the water is coming out of your shower head or you got to go jump in the lake or jump in a creek or find a stream or something. You got to get in the path where the water's flowing, right? And, and so Jesus knows that to get in the presence of God, he's got to get in the path. And so he gets up very early in the morning. He, gets, he isolates himself and he prays because prayer is a path. Being in church and worship, hearing the word of God is a path. Being in community is a path. Fasting is a path. Obedience is a path. So he's got to put himself in the path. And a lot of us, listen, we're like looking for God and, and we want God and we want more of God, but we're not in the path. We're not in the path. And, and so Jesus knows he's got to put himself in the path. But he, here's the challenge, though. And Jesus is in the middle of this challenge. Remember I said cheating is disobeying one set of rules that a group of people say you should obey? Well, look, the rules of culture and the rules of people-pleasing conflict with the rule of anointing. Because culture says, hey, if you're rising in popularity, then you keep preserve your popularity. You grow your popularity. Culture says this is how normal dads, normal business people, normal people spend their time. Culture says this is what you have to do to be successful, to, be, to get the boss's acceptance, to get this person's approval. Culture says you do all those things, but the rule of anointing says you got to spend time with the Father. And you're going to have to cheat culture and cheat people to do it. And, 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 and the honest truth that we're going to see is this. If it's not on my schedule, I am not on the path. If the time with God, the rhythm of being in relationship with God is not on my schedule, I'm not on the path. If I showed you 
If I said, hey, Beth and I have been married almost 20 years. We're approaching that number. But I said, hey, man, we want to be married 50 years. And you're like, hey, brother, I'm excited for you. That's great. And then, and then you said, hey, let me see your schedule of how you and your wife spend your time. And, and, and what you saw as you looked at my schedule was Beth and I were ships passing in the night. In love, you better look at me and say, Matt, I love your goal, but you ain't on the path to reach it. You ain't on the path to reach it. And, and so we look at Jesus, and, and he's got, if he's got to be on the path, then we got to be on the path. And it showed up on Jesus' schedule, so it needs to show up on our schedule. So, so here's my question for us, okay? Remember, 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 everybody cheats. The question is where. So where do I need to cheat? Meaning, where do I need to break some rules? The rules of other people's expectations. The rules of social media. Where, where, do, I need, where, where do I need to break some rules to get on the path? And, and just think about that for a minute. And, and let... The, the lordship of Jesus just have access to your calendar. And listen, listen, this is the hard part, okay? Culture does not want you to question your calendar, your busyness, your hurriedness. But what if God wants you to right now? And what if the key to the, to the changes of your life is held by your calendar? So let's look at it. Let's look at it visually, okay? And 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 this is kind of the cheat spectrum, right? So so now that we've where do I need to cheat? So you now in your mind, in your heart, maybe you've written it down. Is I know I need to, okay? But instead I and and so instead of doing what I know I need to, you cheat that and you lean over here, all right? You cheat that, but you, but you lean over here. I, I'll give you an example, okay? Let's talk about Matt and TV, all right? Um, honestly, I don't watch a lot of TV, okay? I, I get new, you know, every now and then I'll turn it on, watch a game, get a score, get an update on the news, okay? But Beth knows this about me, <clears throat> is if I'm on, if I say, hey, I'm just going to check the news and check this, and like, let's say, you know, she's in the other room, and like, I, I say that, and then she doesn't see me for like 30 minutes, and she comes in the living room, I'm going to tell you what's happened. I've channel surfed, and I've looked at the menu, and usually it's on TNT or FX, and there was a season when it was on every month. If the movie Shooter comes on, that's Marky Mark, Mark Wahlberg. I don't know if you've seen it. Anybody seen it? Give me an amen. Okay, right. It's a great movie, okay? It, it's like a black hole. It just sucks me in, okay? And I, and I can't resist it, right? And I'm over here. I know I need to go help with the laundry, but instead I got to be watching Shooter, baby. You understand. It's Marky Mark, right? And, and it just sucks me in. And, I, and, so, and it's like this joke in our house. And it, it hadn't happened much lately because I'm, I'm appealing to FX on their scheduling. But um, it hasn't happened lately. But she'll walk by and say, what are you? Oh, you're watching Shooter again. And, she, you know, and I, it's like I'm glued to the seat. I don't know why it does that to me. But, but, but so let me ask you this question. What's your Shooter? What, what, what's, that, what's that black hole that just kind of, I know I need to, but you're going to cheat what you need to to do with something instead that you really don't need to? Hey, I know I need to read the Bible, but man, those Facebook posts are pretty cool, baby. 
That's my shooter, Matt. Hey, I know, to be, I know I need to be in church more consistently, but on the first, second, and third, and fourth Sundays, I got a golf match. I'll give you the fifth Sunday, but that's what I, I, you know, it's just like a shooter to me, Matt. You understand. Right, right, but, but we're asking, where do you really need to be cheating? Where do you really need to be cheating? And, and, and so that's because we can't make time. We can only take time. Now, all right, so back to Jesus, Okay. Because he's our example, and, and he, he's, our, he's our Lord. So it's easier said than done. So Jesus, we're going to get another little technique from Jesus here, okay? Here's what, so again, they come to Jesus, and they find him. They say, hey, everyone's looking for you. Come heal people in this town, and look what he does. He said to them, let's go to the neighboring villages that I may preach there too, because this is why I have come. Oh, so, so Jesus, it's, there's urgent needs in this village, but you're going to say no to the urgent and yes to the ultimate important. G- Jesus, you're, you're, there's people out here, and let's just use our culture. There's people out here, Jesus, with heart disease and cancer, and you're going to say no to them to go somewhere else. And Jesus is like, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Because remember, he's in the human form, right? So he can't make time. He can only take time. And, but there's a liberating truth here. And, and listen... Our culture, they don't want you to hear this truth. You ready? This will set us free. There will, be all, there will always be more you, we could say yes to than we should say yes to. Always. 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 I, I tell our staff this way. There's more ministry to do than there is me to do it. Always. Always. I could work 25 hours a day. But I'd be cheating a lot of other things, right? So there's always more that Jesus could say yes to than he does. Than he does. And and I'll boil it down. I'll I'll make it even more clear. This is a quote from a, a lady named Allie Worthington. Here's what she says. She says, our lives have gotten so cluttered up with things we think we should do, we can't figure out what we were meant to do. Now, here's what I'm praying over my soul and my schedule and your soul and your schedule is that over the next several weeks, by the grace of God, the revelation, illumination of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Word of God, that there would be, we'd take steps from the shoulds and coulds to the meant tos. That that there would be movement on your calendar. Because remember, if it's not on your calendar, you're not on the path. That there would be movement in your calendar from all the coulds and shoulds to the meant to. And here's what Jesus does. And this is the tactic. This is the technique that he does to, to stay on the path. Is Jesus says no. Nicely, but with vision. He says no. With not, with, he's nice. But vision. Because you know, look what he said. I've got to go other places. This is why I have come. This is why I am here. This is why I have come. And I'll tell you something. This is one of the most liberating things in my life. And thankfully, I have elders that oversee me. And they've got, we've done research and prayed and studied. And there's an amount of time that they expect me, rightly so, to spend in prayer and in preparation to preach and teach. 
they, they, it's something we studied when we started the church. And, and it's a routine conversation between me and them with accountability. And, and, and because they're clear about the vision of what the lead teaching pastor, the lead pastor should be, how I should be spending my time to, to, to stay on the path and to stay anointed and to keep it on my calendar, there's things I have to say no to. And, and, and sometimes I have to say no to some of you. But that's what we're supposed to do when we know what we're meant to do. So we're all going to cheat. Jesus cheated a whole village so he could go preach in a whole region because that's why he had come. And so he goes into all of Galilee and he preaches in their synagogues and drives out demons for them too. And, and, and in this beautiful, simple little story, we really get the goal of our whole lives. Okay, Jesus' platform is he was a preacher, a miracle worker, and the long-awaited Jewish Messiah to be the Savior of the world. That was, his perp- that was the purpose. That, that's, that's how he lived, right? You have a platform. Some of you, your platform is your third-period class, your baseball team, your job, you're a mom. You're a single mom. You're a business person. You're retired, and that's another platform. All of us have a platform. All of us have the same purpose. And what this tells you is your goal. So you'll never, listen, you'll never have to ask, what is God's will for my life? God's will is you live on purpose with power. God's will is you live on purpose on your platform with power. God may change your platform, but he never changes your purpose. Our purpose, we said, the whole, we spent four weeks with Gideon. Our purpose is to be on the front lines. But God doesn't want anybody on the front lines without the weapon of anointing, without the power. Now, here's what I think a lot of us are learning to do that we have to unlearn to do. And we haven't unlearned it until it shows up on our schedule or take, it gets taken off our schedule, right? Is a lot of us, man, we think we're living on purpose. Man, I'm a mom and I got to be super mom right? I'm on the career path. I'm climbing the ladder, baby. I'm on purpose. I was made to sell this stuff, right? I'm a student. I'm a student athlete. That's what I do. That's my platform. That's my purpose. And we're all, you want purpose, 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 24-7, 365. But we're doing it without power. Jesus knew his purpose, but he knew he had to have power to do it. And so here's the aha moment, life-changing moment. I can't live on purpose and have, I can't always live on purpose and have power. I have to disconnect from my platform to access power, anointing, to spend time with God. If I'm going to be an anointed mom, I have to have times where I disconnect from that platform to spend time with God to receive his anointing. So when I do connect with my kids, I'm not normal mom, I'm anointed mom. To be a great husband, I, I, to, I don't want to be a normal husband. To be an anointed husband, I have to disconnect, step back, become unavailable, least likely to be distracted, least likely to be interrupted, so I can be anointed, so I can be anointed dad. So Jesus knew the power is in the disconnect. Our world tells you what? 
The exact opposite. Stay connected. Keep your phone on. Never ever put it on do not disturb. Always be available. Say yes to everything that comes your way because you don't want to miss out. You don't want to miss anything. Overbook. Overextend. Say yes. Say yes. Please the people. Please the culture. Be normal. Jesus says just the opposite. The power is not in the connect. The power is in the disconnect from the world where you say no to some things, where you're strategically unavailable, and you cheat God's way. I hope the Holy Spirit's saying clearly as you're exposing your schedule to him where things need to change. And you'll see God in a whole new way. And you won't just be normal mom, normal dad, normal, normal kiddo, normal... Ten. You'll be anointed on purpose with power. Now, our whole church, we're gonna do, we have a value at our church. It's called We Are One. One church, one belief statement, one budget, one set of elders, six locations, multiple languages. But we have a value that says we are one. So our whole church, we're going to go into a season of prayer. I'd love it right now. Don't turn your phones on or take them off silent. I'd love you to pick up your smartphone right now as I'm preaching. And what we're going to do is we're going to go into a 24 season of prayer, and it's going to start Monday. What I'd love for you to do right now, giving you permission to send a text message in church, baby. Yes, right? Is I want you to text 888, I want you to text pray 24, 24 days of prayer, 888-744-0761. Go ahead, do it right now. You can do it. That's, that's, and what's going to happen is this. Every day or six days a week, starting on Monday, you will get a text at 11 a.m. That's a prayer request. And we're all going to pray together. Now, if you're driving, you don't read it, okay? Don't cheat your safety, right? But when you read it, just pray it. And it's a 30-second, 45-second cheat. That's always, and, we're, and imagine thousands of people, six locations, multiple languages, praying together sometime around 11 a.m. for about 24 days. Okay? Now, there's another way we're going to cheat together. First Wednesday in March, the first Wednesday in March, it's March 4th. Two or three days prior to that, starting on March 2nd, we're going to ask a We Are One churchwide, we're going to fast together. Now, look, I, my, here's my hope and prayer. My hope and prayer is that everybody here today would say, I will fast from something. That does not mean you, don't, you go three days without eating. Some of you may want to try that. Some of you medically should not try that. You may say, hey, I'm going to fast from coffee and caffeine. You may say, hey, I, I, I'm going to fast from TV. You may say, hey, I'm going to shut down all social media for three days. And, and we're going to talk about this. We're going to have a conversation. So, so you got time to think about it, got time to pray about it. But, but don't miss this. Because what is fasting? It's a cheat. I'm going, to cheating, I'm going to cheat this appetite for food, for social media, for Cokes, for caffeine, for Starbucks. I'm going to cheat this appetite and, then, and take that extra time and extra focus and extra energy. And I'm just going to put it on being with God. That's all I'm going to do. And so we're going to ask church why we're going to cheat at 11 a.m. with a text and for about a three-day period. And, 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 and we're, there's multiple ways to participate. I just want you to pray about it because I don't want any of us to miss. I don't want to, let's, let's at least agree today and this weekend we're not going to be normal anymore. And the way we know we're not normal is our calendars. And we're going to spend time with him. And we're going to seek his anointing. Because we don't want to be normal dads, normal moms with normal marriages. We don't want to be normal church people. Anointed. Now, as you do this, I want you to keep one final thing in mind, and then we'll close, okay? 
There's not a single person listening to me right now that this is not true for. Jesus cheated for all of us. Jesus Christ cheated for all of us. How did he cheat? His life for our salvation. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. How do we know God loves us, Matt? While we were still sinners. That means unlovable, undeserving, can't earn it. Jesus died for us. He cheated his life. Death on a cross, death instead of me, death for me. Death in my substitute, your substitute. So I want to ask you a question. If he cheated for you, you are that valuable to him. Have you said yes to that? Have you said yes to him? Have you said, Jesus, I'm going to give you my sins, and I'm going to give you the steering wheel of my life? Would you say yes to that? You can use that next step card if that's kind of going off in your soul right now and the truth of Romans 5, 8 is gripping your heart and you're like, man, I, I, I want to follow that man. I want to follow that God. I want to give him my life, my schedule, my steering wheel. Say yes to Jesus. Now, for those of you who may have already said yes to Jesus, is yes to you and realized he cheated for you, cheated to get you in his family, cheated to get you in his kingdom, cheated to put you on the front lines, will you cheat your schedule? Will you give him your schedule and let him be Lord of it so you can live anointed on the front lines? Let's all pray together. So with our heads bowed, our eyes closed, and uh, what's going to happen is uh, I'm going to pray. Our, uh, our offering is going to be taken by our ushers. You can use the, that time to place any communication on the Next Step card in the basket. Those of you that are rock bridgers and, or want to support financially what God's doing in and through this church, you're, uh, you're free to give. But God, we're here just to be with you. Uh, God, we, could, uh, we live in a free country, so we could be anywhere right now. But God, people are, are here not by accident. They've, they've chosen to cheat. So God, in Jesus' name, would you bless them because they're here to meet with you. And God, in Jesus' name, I believe you've spoken to us through the power of your word and the presence of your Holy Spirit. And so, God, your word was never designed to just hit and fall void. Your word was designed to accomplish a purpose. And I pray that purpose is accomplished in lives and most specifically in schedules this weekend. And, Jesus, we just want to tell you, thank you for cheating for us. Thank you for cheating so we could escape the righteous judgment of your Father. Thank you for cheating so we do not have to die a spiritual death. Thank you for cheating so we could join your forever family and be part of your kingdom and, and be the temple of your Holy Spirit and live on your front lines. Thank you, Jesus. But Jesus, we need you, and we need your anointing. So this weekend, we're all going to say no to normal and yes to anointed. And we're going to meet with you, and we thank you. So Jesus... We're going to sing and ask you to be the king of our heart. And Lord, I just pray that's not lip service. I pray that's a confession. I pray, God, that's a truth that we're willing to embrace, that you would be the king of our hearts. God, thank you for meeting with us. Thank you for everybody here today. Accomplish your purpose in them. We pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.